Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're talking to Mateis and Anders from Alliance Block and we're going to talk about how to automate the fundraising for corporates. Do we need bankers to do it or we can rely on technology or we need to do both? How to raise money more cheaply, more efficiently in style for 21st century, right? So welcome Mateis and Anders. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having us today. I'm super excited. And uh, looking forward to, uh, to your questions. Yeah, thank you, Rudy, for having us here today. Great to be back on the show. Fantastic. Yes, uh, so Anders in a new role. So we're going to find out uh, what he's been up to at uh, Alliance Block. First of all, Anders and Matthias, so how did you get to do what you do today? It's obviously a non-traditional new field of finance. So how does one get to do such a thing? as that you do at the Alliance Block? So for me, I started as a software developer when I was 11. And I was developing in different industries, different languages, different environments for, for years until I got into management at PostNow, one of the biggest employers of the Netherlands. And after doing this for nine years and getting a little bit tired of all the political things that you need to worry about working in such an enterprise environment, I went to a smaller company where I was leading the development of AI products. And I was doing also some new business there. But working on a use case with regards to a chatbot, I quickly realized that blockchain would play a very nice role in this use case as well. But I didn't fully understand yet why and how I dig deeper. And while I was digging deeper, I got super familiar with the world of smart contracts and I got super hooked. And I couldn't let go anymore. So I started investing. I started reading more and more. And the deeper I got, the more I realized that this is not something that I can let go anymore. I have to do something in this field. And as an investor, I saw all the problems in that space. So I started to find ways on how to how to fix them. And this is where I met Rashid. He's the CEO and co-founder of Alliance Block. And in 2018, when we met, we were discussing these things that we saw that, that needed to be fixed. And that's how I got into the space. And that's how Alliance Block got born. Brilliant. And Anders, you recently switched boats. So how did that come about? What do you like about Alliance Block? Yeah, so Alliance Block for me is a relatively new story that started 1st of July officially, but actually an older story in that I have been watching from the sidelines and been an advisor for the company as uh, for the last two and a half years. So I know these guys since a white paper was done and they were in the Kickstarter accelerator and I'm super excited to see what they have achieved in the last not only 18 months or 12 months, nine months, but actually since the beginning. When I did meet them, and I'll also give a little bit of background on who I am, maybe that first, I I started 20 some years ago in the dot-com in Berlin. 
and really started the fire and passion for startups. Fin- that back then it wasn't called fintech; it was just startups. Have worked throughout uh, my career in banking and in consulting and with startups, always around business development, around launching of new products and services. I ended my career in Avalok, in running the Avalok One ecosystem with 160 global banks and 150 fintechs, where we talked about to about five to 600 fintechs a year. And in that process and over those years, I, I saw in Avalok that the blockchain component became more and more serious and it became more and more prevalent. And in parallel, I, I was lucky enough to have exposure as a co-founder of the Swiss Fintech Award but also exposure to people in different accelerators like Rashid and, and Mateis, where I could see massive visions on paper, but nothing else. And when I met Rashid, our founder and CEO, originally I said to him, you have either to be raving mad, or you may just have the largest vision I've ever seen of all the conversations we have. And I can say, luckily, that it was number two, and I'm super excited to be on this journey. So really switching into from what was TradFi, traditional finance, into decentralized finance. But not only that, we're actually bridging the two worlds together. And we're doing it in a way where both worlds can play on the other side. Meanwhile, we're bringing the two worlds closer together. We see that happening, I would say, next two to three years, we should see basically the two circles become one. And that's when it gets very exciting. Like Matej mentioned, I think, before, is it's no longer about getting a little exposure to cryptos, buying to hold, but it's really buying to let your cryptos work for you in parallel to you uh, leading your life. So super excited to be here today, Rudy. Thank you very much for having us. Really exciting. Let us explain what's the problem that you guys solving. So when we started back in 2018, we wanted to create a more transparent and secure and safe environment for investors in the blockchain space to invest in blockchain projects, especially after the hype in 2017 with ICOs where people were just throwing money into projects that never really came out of it. So we created this, which was technology, technologically very advanced, but it wasn't really the right time to release it. So we started to find a way to pivot from this, find another market to deploy this product, this MVP ad. And we realized that there's a really big gap with regards to compliance and regulations. So we started to really work hard on this, spoke to financial institutions through incubators that we were part of, like uh, uh, Level 39 in London, Kickstart Innovation in Zurich, Session Alf in Paris. And there we learned that we're not the only one that we're struggling with uh, cross-border compliance with regards to blockchain technologies. So we started to work more and more on this, and we came up with a suite of products, several products that we are now developing in parallel that help decentralized finance projects to access traditional finance institutions or projects and be able to work together and vice versa, of course. So we're basically building a bridge between decentralized finance and traditional finance, or as we like to call it, we are going to make sure that DeFi is going to be the new TradFi and TradFi is short for traditional finance. We do this by uh, creating different products in parallel and creating an ecosystem of partners and supporters that are working together with their products, with their services, in order to help us reach this goal so that we can have a better industry on both sides. Well, brilliant. Cool acronym. I didn't know about the TradFi yet, but fair enough. Amazing versus DeFi, right? Matthias, so we started looking at blockchain, the compliance issues cross-border were a challenge. Now, what does Appliance Block do today? I've seen your description on your 
LinkedIn page, it says that you are disrupting the investment banking model today. They're using AI technology to help companies raise money more cheaply. So how does that work If briefly? How does your solution work? So our product funders, it's allowing projects to raise money through the community of investors. And these are real-time investors that are may or not may be used to invest using cryptocurrencies. And we give them, we give this community of investors to, to have the power to be their own investment banker, basically. So there's no middleman. They can directly put their own money into the project while they work together to find, the, the, find out whether the details about the milestones of this project that they're investing in the team of the project, the white paper, the planning, et cetera, et cetera, it's worth investing into. They do this by discussing to each other. They do this by asking and answering questions. And while they are doing this participative economy that we are creating here, they are building up a reputation. And this reputation, it's through our AI layer, where it defines the points that they earn for answering or asking a question, for giving feedback or adding new details about something and how they invest and how uh, well their investment is doing. And the more the reputation is built up, the more the kind of impact they have when they participate in, in this economy. For the project, it makes also sure that the details that they, that they give, that they are truthful and that they are complete so that there is this full picture of this organization that they want to invest to, including milestone-based financing. So we believe that, in fact, that if you want to invest in a project, this project should not receive like this total sum of money in, in, at once. It should be per milestone. So this whole milestone that they're looking to, for funding for, it should be super well defined so that the users, this community, these investors can, can do the due diligence on that as well. All right. So that's clear. Now, are you focusing on supporting raising money to the traditional securities or digital assets? In other words, maybe some people want to still raise equity just like in the good old days, but they want to do it more smartly or they want to issue tokens and things like this. So do you support both or what's your focus? So our focus right now is to launch with uh, uh, digital assets, just utility tokens, mm-hmm. and we will move towards a model where there is an issuance party that will be able to handle the issuance of security tokens so that there is a different kind of dynamic in the in investment, but it always be through decentralized technologies. And uh, who are your target clients? Are these institutional investors or it's the corporates or it's like a two-sided marketplace? So obviously both. Yeah, so we have four different audiences. First audience is our B2B audience, really banks and institutions where you have the very advanced crypto banks, neo banks, where we can extend their product offering with products providing yields from the DeFi era into a banking product that can be sold on to clients. And then we have the B2C. These are the crypto retail investors. They are typically our token holders. They also can use certain of our products. We have our B2B2C, which is our DeFi project. So think of any startup, really, in DeFi with a token. We can help them uh, obtain funding, as mentioned by, by Matthes. We can help them basically repeat the same journey that Alliance Block has gone through over the last nine months or 12 months and help speed that up. So currently we're running a campaign where we basically help 100 DeFi projects to use our product for free to get access to funding and to help accelerate their innovation 
In return, we'd like to then see them as part of our ecosystem and hope to elaborate uh, on further innovation with them in the future. And the fourth audience is really everyone. It's the investors out there. It's the institutional investors. It is for us to educate the world about how it is compliant, how you compliantly can use, can bridge and combine solutions from both traditional finance and decentralized finance. All right. And of course, you're leveraging blockchain. I assume that you're blockchain agnostic, but do you have a view on which protocols work better for you than the others, for example? Yeah. So right now we support mainly Ethereum network because there's just biggest amount of adoption and development community there together with the Binance Smart Chain because of popularity of the height of the transaction fees and speed of the network. Same for Polygon and Avalanche. Then on another product, uh, we have additional support for Arbitrum, Energy Web Chain. And then we see also the need for non-EVM environments with non-EVM networks that are not compatible with Ethereum way of, of working for the network. Because of the previous mentioned networks, they have an EVM like Ethereum. So, it is, so they support Solidity, for example, and they mine blocks in a similar way to, to Ethereum. For, for the future, we see also support for other popular networks that are scalable, have acceptable transaction fees, and that allow the creation of smart contracts like Solana, Polkadot, for example. So we will definitely be extending to all those networks. Right. So smart contracts are key, of course, the fees and scalability, understood. Exactly. Now, coming back to, you mentioned that you're using an AI layer in your fundraising product, etc., just if you could explain a little bit, what does that mean? People mean when they people when they mention AI, they mean different things. I guess it's a machine learning algorithm that you use. How does it help you to achieve your objectives? So it's to determine the reputation of each participant throughout any of our products. Where we start with the funders product because it makes the most sense because it requires at this point most participation of each user or investor, and we want to build this whole ecosystem where every participant has a reputation on several areas which can determine what their weight or impact is in a specific field. And AI helps us through deciding what kind of language they use and how others are replying to that, what kind of steps they execute in order to achieve something and how well the portfolio is doing. And all these parameters together it's uh, then automatically deciding their, their reputation. So many bankers would argue that you still need humans to organize a fundraise, right? And what would you tell them? Because it seems like you saying that you can do it more cheaply and efficiently if you're using AI and blockchain, and then ECM bankers, for example, should do something else. How do you see it? What's going to change in the future in these sort of jobs? So the thing is, we saw in the past few years, that investors in cryptocurrencies have managed to put in billions of dollars into the cryptocurrency uh, industry and having very high interest or returns or yield from their investments. And of course, it comes with a lot of volatility and high risk, but it also, on the other side, comes with the fact that they control this themselves. They are in power. And whatever action they want to perform is immediate. There's no form that you need to fill and there's no phone call that you need to make to a middleman or a bank or whatever in order to execute whatever you want to do. There's no appointment that you have to make with consultant in order to sit down and find your best strategy. It's up to you. You're your own investment banker. And this power is attractive. And the more people 
that are discovering this power to create easily their own investment strategies, their own financial products based and be completely in control themselves with only a few hurdles left to go to have this process of investment in, in, in startups to be completely compliant and still be completely decentralized, we're almost there. And once this process becomes mainstream, it will be very hard to come back for these investors to a more traditional and centralized uh, model where they will not have this own power anymore. Now, everybody with this new wave of raising funds, with this new way of investing, everybody will be feeling like that guy on Wall Street, that guy, that, that investment banker that, that is able to participate in financial products that will, or, or investment opportunities that will otherwise never would be able to participate in. I see. Let's come back to Andres. You mentioned that you're going to do this all in a compliant way, right? And capital markets are highly regulated, depending on, of course, the country, the, the ticket sizes, the type of the risk, etc. But how is Alliance Block regulated? How does that work at the moment? That's a great question. Thank you, Rudy. And I'd like to just start off by saying I had lunch today with a bank. They have a million clients and they have four products. And they asked me, well, what can we do with Alliance Block? How can we play with stuff from DeFi? That's dangerous. That's some scary stuff going on there. And I said to them, no, actually, you have 1 million clients that are using your credit card, your insurances, your loans, principally. And then you have an ecosystem of partners around it. But all of those million of clients, all of them, or a lot of them, have exposure to crypto. And that means that they have assets in other locations than assets with you. But they're your clients. Not only so you could open up a new revenue line here if you could do it compliantly. You could attract assets to the bank that you currently either do not know about or you would you simply don't want. And second, you can attract new clients with crypto assets. So what Alliance Block offers, long answer, and I apologize for that, is really crypto banking in a box. So we offer the tools for a financial institution to get regulated and compliant access to uh, the yields of DeFi. That can be structured into a product. It can be structured into a certificate with an ISIN number that can be traded on an exchange, a regulated exchange. And it can also be that we, we can do pretty much any type of, of product. Uh, it could be lending. It could be also be a, a, stru a structure of a sort. So now having access to a new range of products, you can add that to your existing range. Then comes the question of how do we do this compliantly? We have two solutions. The first one is the trusted identification verification. That is our KYC AML at the individual level. It's a fully decentralized solution that actually cuts down the cost of KYC uh, for the bank. It's done in a way whereby the user can actually get paid by the bank for doing their KYC directly with the KYC provider called GPG. It's one of the largest compliance providers in the world in, based in London. They cover about 70% of the world's identities. So here we're looking at a new way of doing compliance. We're looking at a way of monetizing it for the end user, which means there's an incentive for them to use that and to use the bank that offers that over others. The second one we're working on, and this is really part of a global effort from all sides, that is the global compliance framework cross-border. And here uh, we are working with the best lawyers, the best uh, of everything, not only in Switzerland, but across 10 different jurisdictions. Again, if we work with, let's say, companies that have, have the framework, we can connect those and we can start serving 
different jurisdictions at the same time across the chain so agnostically. So this is where it gets very interesting. This is on the roadmap, which we just published, both of these. So you will see um, very shortly a range of new solutions for existing traditional finance, but also uh, as a, to act as a doorway to DeFi and, and vice versa, a doorway to TradFi for the DeFi projects. All right, understood. Yes, very exciting. Now, if we take a step back and look at it a bit more from a high-level perspective or strategically, of course, you are looking into the new edge of, let's say, innovation and bridge between traditional finance. And, and you just talked about your compliance solutions, etc., which are quite critical in this sense. But when you look at it from a big picture, there are other platforms there that they're trying to disrupt this sort of process, the fundraising and raising raising funds for your businesses. And then also the incumbents, the banks uh, have been merging to gain more scale to deal with, the, for example, the costs and the scrutiny post-financial crisis that way. So how will a newcomer break into this space? Maybe that's another way of asking, what's your unique selling point if you were to summarize all of this or competitive advantage? How are you going to beat the, the rest of the players that are trying to do something similar? So the thing is that we don't look at competitors as competitors. We look at them as, as potential partners. I think our edge, our USP, is the fact that we are not building a product. We are building an ecosystem. It's not us that is going to disrupt the, the industry just by ourselves. We, we have this ecosystem of what is now 30 partners that are going to do it together with us. So it's this whole range of power that are there already for years, that are there maybe a little bit shorter than us, but it's our combined power that would help us achieve this. And like I said before, it's not what we're doing that it's for Alliance Block. It's for decentralized finance industry, it's for the traditional finance industry, combine them both and have ultimately just being left with finance. And this is only to be achieved when you work together. We will not be able to do this alone. So we don't even try. There are no competitors. There are only potential partners. Just one great. That, that's a nice answer. Go ahead, Anders. Go yeah, ahead. I just wanted to add to that. I think it's a great answer. Coming from having built an ecosystem bottom up, this the proverbial zero to one approach, which takes typically two years, two people and two million. And it doesn't really necessarily bring a lot of transactions. Our strategy here is really to provide a one-stop shop and to on one side help accelerate all the DeFi projects and on the other side help expand the office, the service offering of the banks to the same common denominator, which is the investor. So that's our mission. And our mission is actually instead of building zero to one is to connect all these ecosystems that we are seeing out there and all these potential partners into being able to communicate together via Alliance Block and the, the protocol that we have. Great. And you mentioned the roadmap when we talked about compliance. Any other key milestones that are ahead of you still for the rest of this year? Yes, I think this three months in, in, in crypto, I learned this now, having been three months at Alliance Block is like nine months in any normal company. It's super exciting to see what people are doing. Our roadmap is packed. So between now and Christmas, we have some very lofty goals in terms of what we want to achieve, but also on the product roadmap, and I'll hand it over to Matthias to explain on the product side, but um, we, we are basically attempting to get uh, everyone together. So 100 DeFi projects, we will have the first banks, we will have 
we have a huge following on social. We are currently at something like 43,000 followers if we combine all of them. And that's growing up in the 50s, maybe 60,000. It's going all very fast. And how do we do this? We do this because we have a strong uh, roadmap of not only our products, but also our partnerships. And there we are closing a partnership currently almost every two weeks. We're closing either a new ecosystem or a new partner which can fit into our product. Or uh, we have TradFi partners like London Stock Exchange Group. And we're currently talking to a number of large ecosystems covering several banks as well as some core banking providers looking to expand into DeFi. So it's super exciting times. On the product roadmap, I'd like to hand over to Matt Tays. Yeah, so to add to that, I think we've shown and proven that the fact that we can we can develop and release products and that once they launch, there is success. The real milestone and the real challenge is to connect all these products together in an ecosystem. And this is our next milestone that is going to be an interesting and challenging one. Connecting everything together in order to start building this ecosystem that uh, that we envision and that we've started building already. And not just connecting our products together in, in, in also the DeFi terminal that we are building, but also connecting the services and products of the partners in our ecosystem there. So that's the most interesting thing that's upcoming. With regards to products itself, Funders is coming. That's uh, the fundraising platform. Uh, the peer-to-peer fundraising platform and uh, we will keep continuing with with our products to to add more uh, support for more networks more protocols this goes for the bridge for liquidity mining we have our dex upcoming which is a decentralized exchange that is drastically improving the impermanent loss which is a problem right now in, in most decentralized exchanges like uniswap for example and we have a wallet upcoming that we announced a couple of weeks back that will be fully integrated in our products and so super exciting also next to the data tunnel that we'll see also some enterprise integrations, which will show how important the data tunnel can be in both the bridge that we are building, but also in, in the future of the data economy that, uh, that we cannot, uh, cannot avoid anymore. Any industry cannot avoid. All right. Great. Well, sounds very exciting. All, thank you very much, Matthijs and Anders, and good luck to Alliance Block. What's the best way to reach out and find out more? That's for Anders. Thank you very much. Yeah, no. So we, as I mentioned, we have we have a Telegram group called the Alliance Block uh, Telegram group. We have also uh, a very large Twitter presence with thirty thousand followers in the community. Also Alliance Block. Check us out on LinkedIn. We're growing fast there. Check out our webpage. We have videos explaining this huge vision. We have a roadmap, very interactive, and of course. At any point in time, just reach out to us if if you think that this is interesting for you, your company, or as an investor or as your DeFi project. So we're here to help. Wonderful. So thank you so much and good luck to Alliance Block. Thank you so much for having us. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.